Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Siri, give me H-Town Soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of not Cuatro Cuatro Dos, but we are actually doing the Dynamo Theory Podcast. You know, welcome. Uh, as you can see, Rudy is not here today, unfortunately. He has some uh, things to do. Uh, you know, he's uh, got a new house, so obviously he's probably cutting the grass or something over there, you know, making his house look beautiful and, you know, making his wife happy. Uh, so he's over there. But today we, you know, I'm back. So, you know, if you miss me, I'm back. Thank you. Uh, but we have Rodrigo with us. So if you can, you want to say hi to the people. <laughs> hey, everyone. Yeah, we're missing Rudy and uh, we got Chris back. So we're Party. excited to be here. And of course, once again, we have uh, somebody that the people wanted back. I heard uh, all over Twitter, all over Instagram, you know, who's that, who's that Billy guy? Who's that guy that was, you know, talking to, you know, giving a bunch of stats and stuff like that. So we brought him back, the newest addition to uh, the Dynamo 3 uh, team. So we brought Billy back. So how you doing, Billy? What's up? I am fantastic and couldn't be happier to be here. Let's get to it. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, we were talking off off air, you know, quote unquote or whatever, uh, about the Seattle match a little bit. Obviously, I wasn't able to uh, watch, a, honestly, like the last three or four games. I wasn't even able to watch a minute of them. So all I had to rely was on the Dynamo Theory podcast and, you know, have you guys talking about it and, you know, watching highlights and stuff like that. So can you guys tell me a little bit about this Seattle matchup that, you know, unfortunately, we, we went up there and we lost, right? Was it here? It was, or was a home it, game. it was at oh. home. Yeah, I'm tripping. That's how lost and disconnected I, I, I was of you know these matches, you know work and all these things that you know are coming around. But yeah, guys, tell me a little bit about the Seattle match, Rodrigo. What do you what do you have on the Seattle match? So man, this is a game that we should have won. Um, the way they played, or the way the Dynamo played, even going up against um, a Seattle team that you know you have Rudias. You have uh, Nicolo Leo, um, Alex Roldan. You, you have big-time players. They honestly didn't produce as much or as what we expected them to do. Um, through the Nashville game, we had Adam with the red car. So uh, Sam Junquo took his place, which he, he looked pretty solid, uh, taking that, that spot on there. The only thing that affected us this time around was Coco had two stupid yellow cards. Um, second one was just dumb like i think he was trying to hold the player back from a uh, half field and you know just earn his second yellow uh, got obviously um red carded and we're down to 10 men again for about 40 minutes or so 35 minutes of the game which obviously that's that's never good and that's when seattle just kind of capitalized more 
Um, they found the net. And after that, it was just, I mean, even after that, the Dynamo was just playing really well. I know, Billy, I think you were at the game. But playing down with 10 men, the Dynamo has been doing such a great job. I mean, we saw it against Nashville, how they ended up uh, held, holding the lead and then scoring one more uh, to make it 2-0. And then with the Seattle team, I think the second half, I was looking at the stats, uh, Dynamo had like about 70% per session or so. Um, just in the second half. So, man, they've been, you know, I I guess we don't give a lot of credit to Pablo, and we're kind of talking about this, that he makes really good substitutions, even if they're forced. Um, You know, red cars affect you as much as injuries or anything like that, but when you're able to make some substitutions to actually improve your game, even with a man down, you know, it just goes to show that, like, when you have a full squad, you can actually be pretty tactical. And, and, you know, we'll talk about that about, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit for the uh, Galaxy game. But, uh, Billy, you... what do you have, man? Yeah, this is, I'd, uh, I'm definitely in agreement in, in a bunch of that. Um, this is one of those games when you go back and you watch it and or look at the stats overall. I mean, this, this game was there. It was there for the taking, you know. In my opinion, just like Nagamura said, we were the better team on the day. Statistically, visibly, tangibly, however you want to look at it, we were the better team on the day. We weren't able to capitalize on the, the opportunities that we had. They were. Um, overall in the game, we had a 1.24 XG. They had a 1.32. So, I mean, it was extremely even that way. We had 14 shots on uh, total shots. They had nine. Um, obviously, we had the big red card. I think that was uh, the deciding thing. But for some reason, just like um, – I heard somebody say um, something about the MLS. Whenever you go down a man, your team seems to get, they seem to get a little bit more bite, a little more bang for their buck. For some reason or another, they're able to compact and protect that box a lot better and, and, and take that defense to the next level. I don't know how that works out specifically, but it's the same for the Dynamo. I mean, you can tell the last couple of times they've had to play shorthanded, they actually play really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the second half, they even looked better. Then the first half, we had a 0.65 XG on the second half, and Seattle had a 0.41. So, I mean, yeah, I think overall we uh, we were the better team on the day, and we were just we just lacked that final touch and that final pass, and they didn't, and that was that's what it came down to. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, right? They have a Rui Diaz that can score, you know, like Chicharito style from anywhere in the field, and with any part of his body basically, and he just needs you know a little bit of space and time to put it in the back of the net. So, you know, and then again, you know, coming out of a becoming, you know, historic, you know, thing for the MLS, which is winning the CONCACAF Champions League, you know, the Seattle team came, you know, in the clouds and now they're coming back into the MLS basically towards the bottom of the table. And now, you know, they're throwing all the meat in the grill, as they say in Spanish, like toda la carne al asador to basically, you know, try to get back in the race for the MLS title. And and we all know that, you know, Seattle always has a good team, has depth. And obviously, you know, it was not, I, maybe I didn't expect a win from them, but, you know, a tight, a tight game like we had, uh, you know, and like you said, you know, you guys saw the, the Dynamo play a really good game and maybe we deserved a little bit more, but, you know, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it is Seattle. So, you know, it's, you know, once you're lost to Seattle, it's it's kind of like, oh, that's fair in a way. But going into the, the next matchup, obviously that Seattle game was a midweek game, which kind of throw, throws things off here in the podcast because, you know, we do this every week and we usually have a, the show out on Wednesdays. 
So that show came out that same day. And then, you know, going into the weekend, we, we had to fly out to LA to a galaxy that, you know, started to look pretty good, you know, at least on the, you know, if you look at the table, you know, they're pretty high up there. They're fighting for, you know, the top spots. And um, they just came from a 3-1 loss to Dallas at home as well. And obviously we were going, but, you know, we were going in there and honestly, I didn't have much expectations, you know, thinking about how we, you know, as a team, as a club, we haven't been doing so great, you know, away. And then obviously uh, them coming from a loss to Dallas, you know, maybe trying to bounce back. But then again, they do also had, you know, the U.S. Open game coming up midweek, just like we did. So coming into this game, I didn't feel too confident. Uh, How did you guys feel, you know? coming into this into this matchup for the weekend. Billy, go ahead. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there. I mean, we, we definitely didn't have much of an expectation, as you can tell from our predictions, which uh, we obviously feel bad about, but I think that they respect yep. our, uh, our uh, non-biased view more than anything. So, yeah, we went out of town, didn't expect much, and um, we got a lot more than, than what I thought we would. I mean, other than the first 12 minutes of the game, which, you know, they came pretty hard and heavy. But after that, I feel like it was all Houston. I mean, and we do have to talk about Darwin Seren in the middle of that field, you know. I mean, yep. what can be said about 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 the performances he's been putting in so far? I mean, obviously, he's not our first choice in what we want to see. But can you argue with what he's brought so far? And I can't. So I'll leave that one alone for right now. But, yeah, obviously, we, were, we played a really good game. <clears throat> and uh, we had the total overall XG on the match we had a 1.47 la had a 1.34 the second half we had a 0.41 they had a 0.25 so we even stepped we even managed to to step it up in the second half from what we had already begun that domination in the first half so i mean it was it was probably one of the the best overall performances team wise i've seen them play without a doubt all season long and you rodrigo how did how did you see this coming into the weekend man like coming into this game like Everybody else, we expected that it was not going to go well. I think we all at least wanted to draw. Just just looking at how, you know, the red cards have affected us with Adam first and then Coco. Um, we're, I think everybody was just thinking like, you know what, this is not going to go well. <laughs> you know, Coco has been a pretty key part so far uh, to the, for this game. And then when I saw a Galaxy's lineup, the first thing I thought is like, dude, this is like disrespectful. You know, yeah. I get it that they have like uh, the the Cub game against LAFC, which obviously they thought like, oh, you know, that's the most important game right now for us. And, you know, they looking at the main players that they bench, like Chicharito and um, Douglas Costa, um, even what's his name? The right back. Oh, I forgot his name. Um, but you know, uh, looking looking at them, I'm like, man, like they really just disrespect the Dynamo team by not putting like a first team squad. And you know, once they started playing, like Dynamo came out with you know Memo Rodriguez. They put um, Quintero on the bench. Fafa, we don't know why he didn't travel. I don't know if they, they've mentioned that yet, but he was not uh, available. Um, you know, Thor came in basically for him. I think at, at the beginning we were playing with two strikers with Stavros and uh, and Thor, and um, so that that was kind of also interesting. Memo, I think he was pushed a, a little bit to the wing at, at times, um, taking that role. And you have Beta and Seren playing as your uh, holding mids, which both of them paired up, didn't do a bad job at all. 
you know, Sedan, experienced player. He always gives you that, um, help me out here, Kristen. What's Garra? <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Garra. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, he, he yeah, brings yeah, yeah. that team spirit, you know, like, um, goal, he feels the colors, mentality. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, he feels the colors and, um, and everybody played really well. We knew that this game without Quintero, I feel like he tends to, him and Coco, I should say, him and Coco tend to put a little bit more pace to our game as far as holding the ball, making more plays happen. So this game was a really, I guess, tactical mastermind by Paulo to just kind of sit back and do more of a counter, which honestly, it worked brilliantly. We saw them counter, I don't know how many times. That's really the reasons we we got um the goals and then um and more shots on target than them with less possession that just tells you like Paulo actually looks at every game differently and he's able to adjust during the game which you know in the last two games against Nashville and Seattle with the red cars and this is kind of goes back what we're talking about is he had to make those four substitutions and not really wanted or really couldn't play the way he wanted to it was just kind of to fill in what was missing and what we needed to do just to at least either get a tie or hold the win. Um, this time around, he was able to put in the subs he wanted. And after going up 1-0 with a nice goal from uh, Sebas, after, uh, I think, a shot from uh, Corey Baird, he ended up kind of chipping the goalkeeper um, once he rejected the ball. And then, um, you know, he puts in uh, our boy Pasher, super hey. sub, and uh, of course, a, a nice uh, sick goal there. And to finish it off, you know, Thor had his nice little brought me back memories of uh, R nine. Even though I think he said it's more like Cristiano Ronaldo because I guess he's, he's too young. You know, yeah, he's too young to <laughs> to know the real Ronaldo. But you know, I saw that and I'm like, okay, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, watching this team play Paulo style um, really really shows what Paulo has. Um, basically brought into this dynamo team it's not just a oh we're gonna play this way and we're gonna try to see if it works until it works it's more like hey i'm gonna i, I like the way i play like this but i'm gonna have to do tactical subs or change mid tactics throughout the game just to make sure we get the result and that really pushed um galaxy to really just try to get a team all out there i think they made like three or four subs right away Especially after the second goal, I think they, they already had planned to make subs just because they saw when the Dynamo players came in, they're like, oh, shit, like <laughs> this, this is getting real for us. And then the second goal happened. And after that, it was just kind of like, well, there's not much you can do after that. Um, yeah. But honestly, I think this is if I think this is a great start for Paulo and the team in general to like, this is what we're going to expect from them going forward. All right. So obviously we, we kind of talked. Oh, go ahead, Billy. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. I just had one more thing. I wanted to uh, talk about Sebas real quick and go ahead and address the, the elephant in the room because I heard a lot of, you know, Sebas noise early on in the season and people worried. And it's like, you know, they've preached, you know, new team, new country, new league. I mean, that stuff really does take time. And we've literally seen this guy. I mean, you can see flashes of his quality earlier on in the season, even though he had a couple. He had several instances where it, it, you, you wanted more, but each week he comes out now, I feel like the better the team gets together, the better he's able to do. And I mean, his abilities are directly related to 
the people behind him. You know, it's not, he's not a, I'm not going to, he's not going to go out there and, and be the end all for everything that we need. We definitely need to get him some support. And he had four shots this game, which is the most he's had in any game, really. I mean, he had a goal, two assists, had a 9.5 or a 9.4 rating, uh, 0.79 expected goal. Uh, he had four chances created, one big chance created, 83% of his passes were completed. I mean, he had an excellent all around game. And I just, just wanted to touch on that, that he's improving vastly and the skills are there and he will get better as we get better. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, man. Not to, no, to get you off, but like, it's kind of got me thinking. So, you know, you're talking about Sebas. He did really well, but this game and, you know, he's he's been, you know, picking it up lately and all of that, but has most of the issues been coming because the way Fafa plays, you know, when they play together, Fafa's too fast, you know, like, I hate to say it, but like, you can't just, you know, have somebody like Fafa who can take on the wing and we expect the cross, but sometimes like there's only Sebas to cross it to, you know, and there's not much of a build-up play just because once Fafa gets it, he's gone. It's him against the keeper. And maybe we are hoping, you know, if he takes a shot, it gets deflected or, or saved. And, you know, if he doesn't score, it gets saved, parried away back into the middle And I feel like that takes a lot from what Sebas can do because when you have Quintero, you have players, even Thor, that he does a really good job of, um, you know, creating runs or, you know, high press kind of abilities. I feel like that get, wins his possession right away and then they can just lay it off to Sebas and Sebas can do something or they can play him a through ball like we've seen before. So I don't know. I mean, maybe is this what, Paolo has seen about Fafa and just try to keep him on the, you know, the bench or out of the, out of the team roster just to see what we can do without him. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, that was, that was going to be one of the the people that we wanted to talk about because, you know, when we were about to start recording, we talked about, you know, Sebastian, obviously he, he had a, a great match, you know, he made, you know, MLS team of the, uh, of the week. And not only that, but he got, you know, MLS player of the week which I think we we said, or we didn't say, but it only happened like two or three times in Dynamo history that, you know, one of our players gets the recognition of like the league entirely as the best player for the week. And I think the last time was Kubo Torres back in like 2017 uh, or something around that area. So obviously or 2018. Yeah, I, I'm trying to read fingers here. But yeah, 2018. So it's been a while, five years that basically the club, you know, hasn't had a player basically have a standout game and like he did and he was on everything, you know, he was fighting balls. And, and like Billy was saying, you know, it took a little bit of time. And, and that's one of the things that um, it's kind of, it was kind of like a shot from Nagamura to Dustin, you know, in a little way. Cause you know, one of the questions that Dustin asked him a, a while back was, you know, if he was worried about the, the service that, you know, he was getting, Uh, if there was opportunities coming to him, you know, if he was worried about, you know, the fact that he wasn't creating, you know, as much as we thought he was going to create, obviously being, you know, record signing for the club, obviously until Achaja gets here, but, you know, just being the man, the new face of this team and obviously starting very, very slow. But then again, like Billy, like Billy mentioned, you know, coming into a new team, new country, new language, you know, just the rhythm of play is different, you know, Uh, the physicality of 
you know, the game in the United States is completely different to other countries also. And, and obviously he had to like take some time to adapt and, and stuff like that. And we, we saw glimpses in basically in all of his goals, most of his goals, like nine out of 10 of his goals, whatever, uh, were bangers, you know, where, where quality goals that, you know, quality number nines can, can only score basically. And, and obviously in a game like this against LA Galaxy, that yes, maybe they didn't have all, all of their starters, but, you know, to go to LA and put it, you know, a performance like that obviously speaks volumes of him. But, and then we talked about Fafa because Fafa, you know, we know him as a, you know, quote unquote journeyman, you know, that he has been around in, in multiple teams in the MLS. And, you know, he never kind of like was able to, you know, plant a flag and say, you know, this is home type thing. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, we start questioning, we start asking, you know, Fafa hasn't flown with the team for two games already. He's been like, that's kind of rare, you know, going from a guy that last season was probably our best player. Uh, you know, he had the most goals for the team with 10, 11 goals. Uh, and then coming to, you know, obviously it's a new regime, new coach, new, new everything, new ideas. And then coming and then, you know, out of all these weeks that we've been playing, two of them, he didn't even make the, you know, 18 list. So, you know, it's one of those things like, should we start worrying? And then like Rodrigo mentioned, you know, does he, can he fit in this team? You know, can, is he like the perfect, you know, person to have in this roster? You know, do we move on from him? You know, maybe, maybe coming on, on these next transfer windows and stuff like that. And talking about moving on, uh, Another person that I kind of wanted to touch on just because of of maybe because uh, we, we, we had this debate multiple times, you know, this Baird uh, Pasher debate, you know, Rodrigo famously said, you know, Pasher is one of those players that you, whenever he comes from the bench, you're like, why is he wasn't why isn't he starting? And then when he starts, you're like, why? You got to give credit. I bench? think that was Dustin. You know? <laughs> oh, that was Dustin. OK, that's wrong, our boss. Wrong, wrong boss guy, man. wrong guy. But, uh, you know, it's. It 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 kind of hit it on the head, you know. It's one of those things that Pasha, you know, came in and literally the first ball he touched, he he put he a banger of a goal. And then, but the question is, you know, what do we do with Baird? Because with Pasha, we had know that you know if he comes off the bench, you know, we might see some glim- glimpses of greatness from him. Uh, you know, he we can see a good you know twenty thirty minutes strong twenty thirty minutes from him. But can we say the same for Baird? And obviously, we know that Baird has a really strong contract that not a lot of people are gonna be willing to pay for. But you know, if we had our, if we could just had a magic wand, you know, what would you guys do with you know Corey Baird? You know, he obviously is not a terrible player, but because obviously he's a professional player and he's starting in this you know starting eleven for Nagamura, who happens to be you know he's I feel like he's very um not on point but with what he chooses but you know he he chooses his players carefully uh it seems to me you know like he's not just picking random 11s like you know he kind of thinks about things uh so baird obviously he's doing something to get into the starting 11 but when he's on the field he doesn't really produce much so i just kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on that go ahead billy yeah i definitely agree um i think that well my opinion is in the beginning of the season, kind of the way that we're discovering what kind of identity we're going to have as a team and how we're going to play, I think Baird brings something a little more defensively that Pasher does not. And I think that we are actually 
starting to find that we're working away from that tactic over there. So I think we need something different there. I don't think he's the correct play for what we're trying to accomplish going forward. I don't think he is the right person for what Nagamura is trying to accomplish or the game style that he wants to run. Um, I think it shows whenever he plays. Um, he doesn't look very comfortable over there, especially offensively, which, I mean, I can understand because it doesn't, there's no set schedule. I mean, you know, you're not going to start this game, sit this game. It's basically when you're called upon. So it's hard to kind of catch the rhythm, um, which is totally understandable. I think that's also part of Pasher's problem. But, I mean, just like Dustin said, uh, you, you hope that he starts whenever he comes off the bench. And then whenever he starts, you hope that he comes off the bench, basically. Or however he said it, sorry. But I think that's, that's part of that as well. But I think that, that's my thoughts on it. Rodrigo, you got anything on Baird? Yeah, I mean – I think that as of right now, I think he should be, I wouldn't say the clear starter over Pasher, but I feel like we need that. Or I don't know, maybe that's why uh, Nagamura, he he just goes back and forth between who's the starter on that position so they can keep competing for each each other's spot. I know everybody wants to start a game. Um, That's basically the goal once you're at this, this level. But I feel like Pasher, anytime he comes in, he comes in with like that, I need to prove myself mentality. And I feel that's what we call him like a super sub. And then when he starts, it's I feel like maybe he's in that mentality of like, okay, you know, I have so many minutes to do something. And I don't know if that's just maybe gets to him real quick of like, you know, I'm already in this position. Should I just kind of um, play my game or force things to happen? And I don't know, with, with Baird, obviously it's not the <laughs> – sorry, I, th- I thought my dogs were going to bark here. Um, but, no, with, with Baird, I feel like <clears throat> it's not really going to be the main starter. I feel like Paolo is probably going to have to – once Herrera comes in, I feel like he, he's going to end up switching things around, maybe put uh, Quintero uh, on the wing um, or, you know, change the, the formation in general. Because I, I don't think Bear is going to be the solution for us. I know he's still, what, 26 years old. So he's pretty mm-hmm. young in that sense. And then Pasha, I think, is around the same age or maybe younger. Um, so, you know, he has more time. I think Pasha should just remain a super sub because he is work, you know, the past couple of games when he he's came in. And, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't think Bear will be the solution <laughs> for us at, in, in the near future. And uh, something that, well, on the other side of the coin, you know, a player that maybe has started from, you know, from, I guess, least to most, or is that, I don't know if that's a saying or not, but that he, uh, you know, he started with obviously no minutes because he came up from a different country, from, from Brazil. And now we can kind of see, and maybe in this match, you know, you know, I, I, I can, you know, say that I was a, I don't know if I would say yet. I wasn't a hater, but I was more of a doubter because I, you know, I didn't know what he could bring, but obviously, you know, Paolo and Pat saw something in him. And obviously I think in this game, he finally, you know, he finally kind of like, you know, came out of that shell and he kind of solidified himself as a, as a starter, which is Seca in my opinion, right? The right back that we, you know, we've been kind of going back and forth between, you know, Sag Valentin last year. uh, And then we had Dorsey that kind of beat him to that. And then obviously Dorsey starting this year and then Seca kind of coming in into that role. And now it seems like, you know, he's pretty solid. You know, he brings a, that s- explosiveness to like go on on the attack. And then also, you know, being, you know, passionate when he defends. I think we all saw that little 
part of the game where he just like cleared a ball to the sideline and he was like yelling like he scored or something, you know, like, and you want to see that passion from, from those guys. Not that, you know, the other guys didn't have it or won't have it or whatever it may be. But, you know, I think he's starting to like feel, you know, the jersey, the colors. Uh, but I think now he's solidified himself on that right side. But, you know, what did, what did you guys think about Seca and, you know, the way that he's been playing? And do you guys think, you know, he's he's our right back, you know, from now on? No, definitely. I mean, watching him play now and even when he came on um, or came onto the team when he was announced, sorry, watching his highlights, I was thinking like, okay, this guy seems pretty legit. You know, he can do like, like uh, you mentioned, um, Christian, he can do things offensively and defensively. He's pretty solid as well. And now I think he's proven that I kind of bring it back to, you know, the Corey Baird and uh, Pasher that uh, we were thinking Dorsey might move up and, um, and play that role. I feel like, with Nagamura standards, I don't think that's the case. I think Dorsey's will be the right back. We saw it in this game. He subbed him out in the he subbed Sek out in the 90th minute or so and just put Dorsey, you know, men for men. I feel like that's a, a role for them too. But Seca from now on, I, I think he's gonna be the clear starter and important games, I should say. You know, we most likely will see Dorsey playing that right back spot for this Kansas City game if that's the way he wants to approach it. But I think that's most likely what's going to happen um, moving forward. I feel like Seca has brought so much to the team defensively. And then in the attacking sense, especially when I've seen him play with Quintero, he helps him basically open up the play more just by pushing up and helping him create, you know, because we don't really have a clear wing. So I don't know if you watched uh, a few times and I, I wish we had clips to, you know, show people and stuff. But there was this one play that, you know, Seca brought in the ball. I think um, he was working with Coco, you know, kind of like wall pass and then found Quintero. And then he just opened himself up to basically like from a right back, you're literally a forward. And that's how much he opened up the play. And I think he ended up giving back to Quintero at one point. Um, I don't think we scored from that play, but just watching that build up, I'm saying I'm sitting there and just looking at like, damn, like, you know, where's it has this guy been before, you know, and that's why I kept asking on press conference to uh, Paolo, like, hey, you know, is Sek at 100%, you know, and he'll, he he laughed at me when I told him, like, are we going to see him start soon? And he's like, dude, yeah. do you want me to tell you the lineup? Because, you know, I'm excited to see this player and, and I'm glad he brought him on because that's something that early, you know, I think the first episode we had on 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 the show we we're talking about who's our right back is, you know, is it going to be Valentin or Dorsey or whoever, but, you know, it kind of worked out that we have this great player Seca now. Yeah. But th those are my thoughts, man. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. What about you, Billy? What do you think about Seca, this Brazilian guy? Oh, I definitely, Seca is my right back without a doubt. Um, in my opinion, I think that what happened was obviously you don't hand the starting spot over to, new players that get here regardless of the pedigree they come in with and he does have some serious pedigree i mean he played on a medal gold medal team in brazil so i mean i think what may have happened and this is just my opinion but when he got here he might have been either a little bit out of shape maybe i mean it's been a little while since he's played yeah. um but i mean the quality is there the skills are there that doesn't go away it's like riding a bike um you don't play on a gold medal team in brazil without having extreme skills on the ball um, yeah, he played 89 minutes. 
and the guy makes a lot of passes. So, I mean, completing over regularly over 65 to 75% of his passive passes is, is good. I mean, he had 25 passes last game, completed 17 of them for 68%. Um, let's see what else we got here. He's also really good on the defensive end. Obviously, he wins over 60% of his ground duels most of the time, aerial duels. Uh, he had two-headed clearances, three clearances, a block, four recoveries, and dribbled pass twice. So, I mean, he's extremely dangerous in being able to create on that on that side. I mean, the, what we haven't had so far is is a back that that has that ability to know that as soon as you make that pass back towards us to overlapping the overlapping runs on the side to to step into that space to to draw the defense over there either to open it up for the middle or to set him loose on the side, which he does really well. And the combo play that he's had with whoever he's near is, is really good. And it's, I think that's what we want to see when we when we're talking about our right back. So yeah, big Zeka hype train fan right here. And also if you guys, you know, are into like tactics and, and little maps and heat stuff, heat maps and stuff like that. Uh, if you go just to like the MLS website or the dynamo website, you see the, the pass breakdown, you know, And you see that right side just kind of be the biggest, uh, the biggest side where all the balls kind of, kind of went through. And Seika, you know, he's the main, ma the main man on that right side. So as you can see, not only uh, is our left side, you know, with Lundy who had a really good game as well, and usually with Fafa that usually, you know, kind of exploit that left side. But now we have an option on our right side, which is, which is great, you know. And, uh, you know, with Dorsey, we would have it as well, but I don't think, I think it was maybe a little bit different. But uh, before we get into uh, maybe talking to, you know, what Darwin's, the role of Darwin Sedan is in his team, maybe as a kind of like a co-captain or just like a motivator and just like a fighter or a warrior in the in the midfield, I wanted to get uh, a quick thought from, uh, from the goalkeeper here, uh, Rodrigo, because we saw Clark, man. What a game from Clark. I think if Sebastian wouldn't have had, you know, such a great game, you know, such a nice goal and a couple of assists, I think the men of the match by far, at least in the first half, was Clark. And, you know, and, you know, once we, you know, while we're here, you know, congratulations to Clark because, you know, he's having, uh, well, his wife, I guess, is going to have the baby, but they're expecting a baby. So uh, shout out to Clark and, you know, a new Dynamo fan, hopefully in the making. But Rodrigo, as a, as a goalkeeper yourself, Tell me about Clark, man. How good is he? Man, I'm glad you didn't forget about him because we're talking about the defense and I'm over here thinking like, dude, we're not giving credit to this back line and especially we're not giving enough credit to Clark. Dude, this guy has been amazing. I mean, like I mentioned earlier when we first got him, I thought that this was going to be huge, especially bringing somebody with this much experience. Not as much as I would say the talent he brings, but just the experience and the captain since he, I guess, <laughs> the le leadership um, that he brings to the team. Um, you know, that, that was the big key, but like watching him make all the saves, dude, this guy just saves it like with your feet, with, you know, like just everything, like the the dives all, all around goalkeeper, I feel like. Um, I know your nice. chest and everything, like, <laughs> but like, dude, this guy is, I feel like so far he's been the, you know, one of the most complete goalkeepers we've had in, oh, yeah. oh man, what, eight years, maybe, sure. um, maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to say Pat was probably, yeah, Pat was yeah. probably our best goalkeeper and Clark's getting up there and just this short run he's had. I mean, he's basically everywhere and ah, his positioning. I, I think that's the main thing we got to talk about. And I feel like 
maybe just in general with the goalkeeper training, because we've seen this with uh, Xavier Dynamo Dose player, that their positioning is really, really good. I mean, these guys don't have to make that acrobatic saves like we've seen other goalkeepers do because their positioning is right, you know, and and sometimes <laughs> and sometimes you just gotta um you know you just gotta give credit to that to the footwork that they bring and and yeah I mean he made what I think the reserve or sub um team of the week yeah, the bench, for the goalkeeper yeah. which I didn't watch the other goalkeeper play but man I don't think it was as good as him because right he had some key saves especially you know when you're up one zero or I, I think actually before that, um, before that he had a pretty key save. And then there was a one zero who were up and keeping that, um, I guess at a sense still, still was a big boost to the team, but yeah, shout out to him. Um, congrats on their expecting child, yep. <laughs> but yeah, big player. Go ahead. Go ahead, Billy. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, Steve Clark's been, Absolutely amazing. I mean, he's a huge part of what we've been able to accomplish here so far. And I know you guys could see me in the video tapping my chest over here. Is he, <laughs> made, he makes all those saves. I mean, he makes them with his chest. I mean, the ones that are blasted from inside the box. And the only way you can do that, and I've just started to play keeper as well the last couple of seasons in the rec league, obviously not as good as Rodrigo. But the way <laughs> you make those saves is by being in the right position, having That's excellent right. position. You don't make a save off your chest by a 65 mile an hour blast from inside the box without being in the right position so yeah the man's been spot on I mean it's just absolutely insane he's got he's good at accurate passes and long balls he's it's he's calm and cool and collected even though when they they press him back there he's able to you know he spreads his defense out to the side he immediately has his options he knows what he's looking for and he, he just executes he doesn't make many mistakes and I've got friends in our in my other group who are Portland fans, so they've they've told me, you know, they're like, "This is this is a great guy. Wait till he wait till he wears the Michael Myers mask around around practice." You know, he's a real character as well. So you know, it's it's good to have that that kind of heart in between the sticks. For sure, for sure. So um, obviously, we're not going to touch on every player because then we'll be here for forever. So you know, we're going to skip on on some guys. Obviously, you know, Thor had a great game. We'll talk about his goal here in a little bit. Uh, Memo had, you know, a pretty decent game. He had that pass that uh, came from him to Baird that Baird missed. And then uh, uh, Sebas Ferreira was able to, you know, put it in the back of the net. Uh, and then I guess we can go back to, uh, you know, a teenage also who was the one that stepped up with my first goal, you know, that, you know, on that midfield that gave that ball to Memo or kind of dropped it off to Memo so we can put that pass in. And then Parker, you know, silently, you know, both of our, of our center backs, I think, had a, a pretty good, you know, match. And then I just kind of wanted to talk about that defensive, uh, you know, midfield, obviously with Vera, Matias Vera, Darwin Seren, and then Barlow coming in in the last 60 minutes to kind of play in that position as well, right? Uh, and I think he did a pretty good job. So, you know, I wouldn't be mad seeing Barlow, you know, in the future kind of, you know, you know, one step ahead. Obviously, when you when you start off as a center back, you see the game in, in in a different way. And obviously, as a center mid, like a defensive center mid, obviously, it's a, it's a little bit different because you have to be you know more, I guess, attentive to the play, attentive to the ball, kind of move quicker. You know, you need more pace. And obviously, him being a lot younger, maybe he has that pace. But obviously, we wanted to touch on Darwin Seren because he was one of the highest rated. 
uh, players after uh, I think Sebas was like the number one with like a nine point something. And then Lundy had a 9.4. There you go. Uh, Lundy had an 8.3, if I'm not mistaken. And then Darwin Sedan had like an 8.2. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, third highest number there, obviously a very silent guy, a guy that usually fights and, you know, you don't hear much of them. And and the U.S. Open Cup, you know, he was the captain for that match, the last one against San Antonio, and he, you know, pretty good job. And in this game, you know, he's pretty solid. Uh, obviously, you know, I always say uh, having Darwin Sedan in the field is, you know, a for sure yellow card, which he didn't get in this game. So, you know, shout out to him for that. But you know, give me, you know, give me your thoughts on, on Darwin Sedan and what he brings to this team, guys. I don't know if Billy, you want to go ahead on this one first. Okay, Rodrigo, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I got you. Um, yeah, so Sedan, it's kind of funny. Um, I want to say he's that kind of player that um, for those football fans, and if you Joe watching the Patriots uh, back then, um, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick will say, uh, "Do your job." You know, and I feel like this is kind of like the guy that we get from him. He's always doing his job. He's always, um, you know, good at intercepting balls, recoveries, all of that. That's kind of what you're getting from him. Um, obviously not the most tactical player or um, what do you call it? Talented player, skillful. He's not going to dribble past anybody. He's not going to take a 30-yard rocket, you know, try to score or even at that take on the whole team. But he will be the guy always falling back to defend, to get the ball back as quickly as possible so we can – create something out of it um he you know he helps the defense play from the back which when you have somebody like Vera playing next to him you know he kind of handles the more if they get past you um you know he that's what Vera kind of does he's he's that um what would you call it I guess a sweeper or what what that other position um so you know so so that's what Vera kind of covers and then set in obviously he's like the guy before him and he just Anything that doesn't get through him, um, or I guess that gets through him, that I cover. But in that aspect, I mean, Seren does what he needs to do. I don't think Paolo asks too much of him. And the same thing, you know, he brings a good leadership to the team. He's a veteran player who demands from his players as well. And I think that that's a strong uh, thing about this team, that there's a lot of people, a lot of players that kind of have this captain role without being the captain. Um, as we know, you know, Parker, Mr. High Five, <laughs> back there, he kind of gets the the armband. But everybody else around him, you know, it's pretty solid. And so far, he's done well. I don't, I, I don't know moving forward how it's going to affect him with Herrera coming in. You also, you know, have Coco full-time. Yeah. Um, Vera, it's... I would say he'll be his direct sub if something happens. Um, you know, if we don't see them playing together, but he's he's been solid for us so far. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. 
It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm on the, uh, the same train here. Uh, obviously, I haven't had the most confidence in his performances beforehand, but apparently, I mean, it's just, he's just really been playing well recently, especially the last few games when he's been asked to play an extended amount of time. Um, against Galaxy, he's full 90 minutes played, 84% of his accurate passes, 16 of 19, had 39 touches, 100% successful dribbles, 100% accurate long balls, um, two blocks of clearance, a headed clearance, five interceptions, seven recoveries, and a dribble past somebody, actually. Uh, 86% of his, his ground duels were one, six of seven. So, I mean, like, you really can't ask for much more than that. And I feel like he's basically, he's like our, he's like our, our club ambassador. I mean, we've got what we were, we're trying to accomplish here. We've got a lot of international spots that we'll be bringing in. And I feel like he is that ambassador to some of the South American players who come in who necessarily don't speak English and they don't know they can't communicate with a bunch of people besides the coach and, you know, a few others. And so I think that's a big, that's a big thing, a big locker room, you know, um, a big locker room thing to be able to, you know, be that ambassador for the other players coming in and, you know, helping them get adjusted and acclimated to the team and the league. Yeah, man. And one of the things that I love about uh, Seren personally is that at least on his last press conference that he had after the San Antonio match, that he was named men of the match, obviously, because of his great performance, is that he talked about, you know, the whole, you know, feeling the colors and loving, you know, the orange. And obviously, he's been here for a while. So, and he's very close to the community. You know, you always see him posting pictures with people, you know, with the fans, uh, you know, he's friends with like supporter groups and, and stuff like that. So he's basically like, he's the men of the people, you know, he's one of those guys that you want in your club because, you know, he's going to be part of the community. You know, he's a down to earth guy. It seems like I've never, you know, spoken to him in, in person, but you know, he, he's always a nice guy. And, and the times that, you know, I've talked to him over press conferences, you know, he's, he's very honest, you know, he'll tell you when, when they had bad games, he'll tell you when, you know, the game was good or maybe something, you know, they deserve better or whatever it may be. Uh, so he doesn't like, you know, play around with, with the truth, basically, you know, he'll tell you straight up. So shout out to Seren and of course, Pupusa Power, of course, uh, for him. Um, but another thing that I wanted to talk about was um, just a quick question. I don't know if maybe I'm, I'm being too negative or or maybe I just don't want to like get too happy over this one win. But do you, you know, obviously our, our record right now, what is it? I don't even know what it is, but I think it's like what? Five, five, three, three, right? Five, three, five. So five wins, three losses and five ties. Right. So, you know, it's an, it's an average uh, record. You know, right now we're in the last place in that playoff uh, oh. bracket. Or, uh, five losses. Did you say five, five losses? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five three wins, ties. three ties, sorry. Five wins, three ties, five losses. There you go. So we're, pre- you know, a pretty even, you know, team. You know, uh, of course, we lost some games at home that maybe we should have won or maybe tied. We won a couple of games on the road that, you know, were very important to get those three points. And I think overall we're we're 
more consistent of a team than maybe the past two years. You know, I guess if we can compare to those. Um, and we're, we, we look like we're trending up in a way, right? But do you, I mean, I'm always like careful, you know, to, to kind of like dream, you know, just because of the past. But then again, you know, Naga, uh, Steve Clark and Nagamura are always preaching, you know, this is not the dynamo of the past. Like the, 2022 going forward, it's a whole different club. And I think we, we've seen it, you know, new, new leadership from the top. You know, we even have a new crest. You know, you guys are both sporting it right now. Uh, so obviously this is a whole new club, but you know, my question, I guess to you guys is should, cause obviously we see a lot of people on, on Twitter and, you know, social media obviously be super negative. And I, I don't, you know, you know, don't subscribe to that either. because I hate being extremely negative. Like those people that every single game we lose is like, no, nah, bro. Like there's some games that, you know, there, there might be losses because we're going against a strong team. And there's some games that we for sure should win, you know, but, you know, there's always negative people online and stuff like that. But do you guys think is a fair assessment to uh, or not a fair assessment, but would you guys say that maybe being careful is, is a good thing or do you think maybe we should move on from that? So, Billy, go ahead. I think the careful, optimistic approach is is natural considering what the past has been. But I get this new regime's want to get past that they're tired of hearing about that they weren't here for that they've smashed the transfer record twice since they've been here and the way that i see it is results be damned right now because we're in that period where we're trying to figure out that identity like i said and so right now until hector Herrera gets here we're pretty much playing with house money so this is like a discovery period anything good that happens right now is extremely positive and so yeah i mean i get the optimistic or the, uh, the pessimistic view of it all things considered But like I said, with that ring, that, that transfer record being smashed twice, I think that the front office has, has proved or showed enough to us that they mean business. They're not going to come here and smash it twice and then just leave and leave it where it is. You know, like they had they have plans. Steve Clark wouldn't have come here unless Ted, uh, Ted and Pat convinced him to do so. Like there's a plan. They've got it laid out. Obviously, we don't know what that plan is, but I'm confident that that plan is is the right direction for this club right now. And I'm I'm going to maintain that uh, that optimistic view, um, all things considered. Rodrigo, do you got anything on that? So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say just being optimistic about the team. I feel like it, it is time to kind of hype them up, just because I, I feel like most of these people that are saying like, oh, you know, we've lost three games in a row, or we've done this or that, and you know, it's the same old dynamo we've been used to. They're just watching the. Um, the final score sheet like you're not watching how this team has been playing and if you actually watch and you know about how soccer is played and ta uh, tactics Preach. and everything <laughs> Paolo has brought a lot to this team that we don't just see from the final score um you know I, I'm I buy into the hype of like hey this team is legit under uh Paolo He, you know, and I was kind of laughing about it and I'll probably get some hate for this, but I was telling um, uh, Christian that he's kind of like that Jurgen club of uh, Liverpool when he first got appointed. Like everybody was not too sure about him. Yes, he did good things at Dortmund, but everybody was still like, well, you know, we have this kind of players. We have this kind of player. You know, they're not good. We need to go out there and buy players. And, you know, under the... Um, 
uh, FST group, they're not going to give them a lot of money. So it was just kind of the thing of like, whatever you sell, that's the money you get to buy players with. So what did he do? Just play the players he had. And that's kind of what Pablo has been doing right now. Yes, he was able to buy a few players that he wanted, but at the same time is this is the players you're given and make something out of it. And I feel like he's done such a great job with that. And I, you know, because we're, we're looking at a team that they didn't win a game, what, 15 in a row, 16 in a row. I think we broke that record of not being able to win. And he's taking basically that same team for the most part and turned things around. I mean, we're beating a Galaxy at home and away match. You know, we're beating them 3-0. Like, we, we haven't – I don't think when was the last time we ever even came close to that. We're lucky we got, like, one goal win away if that, I mean, <laughs> I think we were looking earlier in the season, we we're looking at the away uh, wins and we had maybe one or two in three years, four years. Yeah. Sad. Like it, it's been crazy. So with Paolo, I mean, I feel like kind of like what he said in the press conference um, for this Kansas City game coming up that, you know, there's no um, away home is just one game and you got to get it done and I feel like that's how he sees every game now it's like sure we're playing away but like we just got to go out there and get a good result and the way they've been playing I, I buy into it you know he he's showing more than other coaches we had in the past where they just stick to one lineup one formation one set of players and be like hey let's call this a day and we'll just keep running this until it works uh, with him, we've seen so many different uh, combinations of even the center backs. You know, we've gone to Stettis, uh, Parker, um, Teenage, you know, and they've all, Bartlow, they've all, you know, put in some work. And we've gotten either clean sheets or held, like, you know, for a win. Um, I feel like overall, like, he, he knows what he's doing. Yes, he's a young coach, but I feel like, you know, under that Peter Vermees, which we'll see tomorrow, or tonight, I guess, when you're listening to this, um, you know, we'll see that school and what he's been bringing to this team a lot. But <laughs> no, great, getting, getting a little bit passionate here, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, totally uh, but That's at the same want. time, uh, you got to tell those haters, like, you just stop. Like, this is just enjoy the team. <laughs> like, we might not get this again. <laughs> Give them a chance. Celebrate the 3 0 win away. That's win. right. Enjoy yourself for a minute. <laughs> Take a chill pill, man. Take a chill pill. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we get into this SKC uh, game, this Open Cup game that it, you know it's going to happen tonight, uh, I just wanted a quick, uh, a quick uh, round of like a fire round. Well, not a fire round. It's just one question. If you had to pick a one of the goals that happened, you know, this past weekend, you know, you have the Sebas goals, the Pasher goal, and the Thor goal. Which one are you going for, and why? Maybe. So I don't know who wants to go first. Go ahead, Billy. Oh, I'm definitely, definitely going to stick with my boy Thor here because nobody needed a goal in the worst way like he did. I mean, it's kind of like Sebas. I mean, you definitely see flashes of his of his skills that he has and what he's able to do. I mean, he brings a lot to the team that even Sebas doesn't bring. I mean, he has a different set of skill sets, I believe. And um, he just really has really been unlucky so far. And it's just like we've all we we're all rooting for him. You know, he's got a great personality. He's great for the team he does well when he comes in I mean we want him to do well and you know when you step over it 5,600 times and you crush it into the top left corner with your left I mean let's go let's absolutely go yeah that's mine 
man i'm with you billy you actually took my <laughs> my goal but like yeah no definitely i feel like he deserves it we've every i think every game we've watched him play or that he starts or comes in i'm always like today's the day he'll score and then he'll get so close i think like um open cup game i want to say against probably san antonio one i think he had that header or maybe the the one before that he somehow i think it got saved right almost at the line um, then he had a couple that were just like so close to going in, but unfortunately they didn't. And this one, you know, like I, I was saying earlier, he had that um, R9, you know, the real Ronaldo to me, um, step overs. I think on the presser he said, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's watched him before, or Ronaldinho or somebody like that. But man, like that, that was pretty, pretty nice goal, <laughs> especially having like three players on him and the keeper. And, you know, what he meant, you know, what the goal meant for him. Um, Rudy might answer that clip. <laughs> but, you know, about um, that goal being for his uh, grandma that passed away recently. So, you know, it, it probably yeah. is one of those emotional goals that get, got to him, but well-deserved. Yeah, and I'm the same thing. I'm going to pick that one. As beautiful as Pasha's, you know, left-footed shot was, very messy-esque, you know, of a goal. Uh, and then obviously, Sarah, I mean, the quality of just not rushing to it, you know, like the, the, the calmness that you have to have to be inside of the six with the goalie coming full clip and you just chip it over him. And then you have a defender on you and you just tap it. You know, it's, it takes a lot of, you know, self-awareness. I, I feel but, like, you know, we kind of take some credit away from him of being this um, number nine uh top scorer or whatever uh but what he had said about memo about uh, what did you know i think i think you asked him um this under pressure of like what did you tell memo when he like smashed it or tried to smash it and he's like dude you don't have to hit it that hard you know <laughs> yeah. just like take it you know just be easy with be it patient, be calm. Yeah. and that's yeah. honestly what he is you know he he obviously has been playing this game for way too long that he knows exactly how to finish at the right moment and right i guess okay. contact but yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Thor as well. So you know, like I said, as beautiful as those two goals were. I mean, the the Thor, especially after you know you guys were saying you know after the chances that he had, and then even in this game, like a couple minutes earlier, he had just missed an open goal. You know, and you're like Thor, what are you doing? But then going back with the confidence, with the with the with the balls, you know, to go into that box, and because think about. The fact that if those stepovers don't work, you look like such a douche. <laughs> you know, like you look like such a like a douche. You know, just a bunch of stepovers. Like, who do you think you are, kid? You know, like come your ass down. You know, like but and then just a left like left foot. I think he's a right foot footed guy. But then you know being able to use both of your legs and obviously that one first post, the goalkeeper obviously was expecting maybe a cross something to the second post. And he just the, the 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 like the amount of force that went into that goal, and obviously everything that it meant afterwards. You know, it's also a great story to being his first goal and like such a banger. You know, just having and it's funny to when you watch the defender because you know you you I don't know if you guys do it, but you know when you're like playing pickup and you're like you try to do something fancy and you're like ah I got you, but you're playing against like a 50 year old dude that has no knees, you know, like no ACLs. Yeah, it's like it's easy, but you're playing like professional defenders that you know they're supposed to be expecting those things. 
but he jerked them out. You know, the, the, exactly. They get paid to play and, and they got, you know, the guy got juked out and it's exactly what obviously that, you know, step overs are supposed to do. And, you know, he did it, you know, perfectly. So it was a perfect play to end in a perfect goal. So yeah, go ahead. Bill. I just got to say, I mean, I like the kid's moxie. I mean, honestly, he's, he's had the struggles early, but I mean, he's had the good, if you're looking in between the lines, you can see where the good is to be had. But I mean, obviously he's not converted yet, obviously until this game, but he's had several close chances to where they're just over the bar, just wide. And it's just that type of mentality to never quit and never, it never looked like it bothered him. You know, he was still just as capable as stepping over it three times and taking it in and crushing it in. No worries. Didn't work. None of the weight from the previous mistakes, none of the weight from the previous misses, brand new game, brand new opportunity. And that's the kind of mentality we need. And not just credit to him, but also to Paulo to give him that confidence of, you know, keeping him in there Yes. Um, all this time. And I think, you know, on the presser, he also kind of mentioned about that, that he's confident in his abilities. And obviously that builds um, Thor's confidence as well, not just Paulo, like what they can do and what he can bring to the team moving forward but you know that's pretty big for him you know first year um rookie and um and Paulo just keeping him in there all these games because I feel like any other coach would have been like dude I gave you two one too many you're not finishing anything you're not scoring in what 13 games because I believe he played I, I want to say maybe all of those games um he had a couple minutes here and there yeah but yeah that, that's pretty big from him too yeah so Let's go ahead and close this this chapter. Obviously, a great victory in LA, uh, in sunny LA. Uh, but we have three games in six days. That, that's what everybody's saying. Obviously, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you know, we fly out to Kansas City. All the games are away. That's also a, a great, not not great, but you know, a terrible thing for us, I guess, in a way, just because of obviously when we look at our history and everything that everything that comes along with that. And you know, we go into this. Round of what round of sixteen um, matchup in Kansas City, a rival, a team that you know usually is very strong at home. Uh, we heard from one of our sources, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> that they might be playing some young kids. You know, uh, we obviously don't know what Peter Vermees is is planning, or you know, if he's going to go full on, you know, starters. Is he going to go, you know? But we don't even know what Paulo's going to do either, you know, because Paulo tends to be very secretive about those things. We can kind of, you know, ourselves kind of, you know, chat amongst ourselves and 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 you know, think about what he might do, what we might do, and you know, sometimes Rodrigo hits it on the head with that, you know, Seca and and uh, Dorsey on that right side. And sometimes we don't, obviously we were like, wait, what? Like we didn't see that guy coming in into this game, but that's the thing about Paulo. You know, he's, he's thinking about his opponent. He's thinking about their style of play. He's thinking about how he can approach that game. Um, but how confident are you guys that, you know, after this great victory in, in LA and, you know, we don't know what SKC is going to put on the field. Um, I guess two questions for you guys. Do you guys think SKC is going to go all out? Or do you think they're, they're going to give priority to, to the league? Uh, and the second question is how, you know, how confident are you guys that, you know, maybe we can pull something kind of historic, you know, because Billy was saying we haven't won there in, in a few years since what, 2018, 2000. Yeah. 
I could I all those all those numbers kind of just poof. I want to say it's 2020 yeah. last time we won there, wasn't it? But I know that we whooped them. It was like a five two. I yeah. I know I know that we went up there. there we five two 2020. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember that game because I wasn't feeling too confident and we went up there and we whooped them. Um but yeah, so two questions. Yeah. Do you guys think, you know, how do you guys think uh, Kansas City is going to come out? Are they going to come out, you know, 100%, maybe 50-50, use, you know, some of those two guys? Or do you, and also second question, you know, how confident are you guys that we're going to go in there and possibly get a win? Move on to the next round. Rodrigo, if you're ready, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm out there like Paulo. Do you want me to give you the lineup? <laughs> right. <laughs> No, so I mean, here's what my predicted lineup would be. And I want to say it's going to be 90% accurate. So in goal, we're most likely going to see Nelson. Just just put that out there. Um, I believe uh, Steris is probably going to see uh, center back position again. Um, probably pair with um, um, Valentin. And then we're going to see Dorsey on the right back. Um, left back. I want to say we'll see uh, Sam Junko again. Um, and then here's where it gets interesting because I guess this is what Peter Vermees is going to be thinking about this whole, like, should, what squad should I play? We just saw that Dynamo basically destroyed Galaxy's second squad. So I feel like if Peter goes with that mentality of, like, when we put a second team, I feel like we might have the bigger advantage because you have Coco, who, you know, obviously didn't play. And he's going to get some minutes in this game. Yes. Um, and then you have Quintero, who also didn't play. And that was actually a great, I guess, tactical um, thing by Paolo because he wasn't needed. After that 3-0, it's like, why should I even play this guy? So we're going to see him. And if Fafa doesn't have any injury concerns or anything along those uh, those lines, I feel like he's also going to get the start. So right there, you already have three key players for this game. Um, and then I want to say maybe Sebas is going to end up resting a little bit just because, you know, he had a huge game already. Um, we kind of need that for maybe the real South Lakes and this is also an away match. And then we're going to see maybe a little bit more of uh, Beto Avila. And I want to say Palomino gets to start on this one. I really hope he does because I feel like he's eager to play. And if he does, I, I man, I, I, th- I think he'll have a chance of capitalizing that. Um, on the other side of things, I think uh, Thiago will also be seen either start or most minutes in there. And then um, a right wing, I don't know. It could be uh, – maybe it is Fafa the place that right wing. So there, there's your starting lineup, basically. <laughs> Let's that's see how a, close I can bad, get to that. I, but... I'm not mad at that, honestly. Yeah, and I think that's just because of what we have to play and – and it, yeah. like Paulo said, this is a big game. This is a win or go home kind of game. Um, this away home matches don't really count or matter. So I think he's going to go all out there and especially facing uh, Peter Vermees, which we already did once. Um, lost, what, 1-0. We thought that KC, uh, SKC was going to be big time. And so far, they haven't had the successful season as uh, other seasons ever had. Yep. So I, I really think this is the time that we can, you know, capitalize on this game. Billy, what you got? Yeah, it was definitely 2020. I thought it was 2018, but we've definitely lost six of the last seven matches in KC. And the last one we won was 
being uh, August 25th, 2020, two to five, we won that one. Um, honestly, we've had that, that historical issue with this club, I guess you could say, but I'm trying to separate myself from that past and allow this new regime a chance to, I guess you could call it, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. I guess give them a chance to make their own culture, make their own history, basically, and not try and throw too much bias into it based on past events. And honestly, we've had uh, we've had several instances of the season where we were kind of either a shorthanded or in the midst of a severely packed schedule, and we were kind of worried about who who Nagamura was going to start, who was going to get the minutes, where the points, where the goals were going to come from, and he's he's managed it really well. So I mean, I'm not I'm not super um, worried about who he's going to start. You know, I just have a feeling he's he's got a good grasp on who he wants to start, and he'll have a good mix enough to make us overly competitive, I believe. So I'm not super worried about it. Well, I guess, I guess we're all going into this one pretty confident. Uh, go ahead. I forgot. Um, Barlow. That might actually be, yeah. um, he might actually get some more minutes. Um, I don't know how much confident uh, confidence, I guess, Paulo has on Valentin, but I, I think we'll probably see Barlow get a little bit more there. Um that's that's what I'm calling right now, you know, Steris and uh, Barlow at center back, and uh, we shall see. And then um, Billy, if it makes you feel any better, Paulo has only lost one time <laughs> at SK, uh, SKC, not you know six or whatever in the last seven years. So fantastic. You know, that, that should make you that's feel better. I was, it was, only, I was trying to get it. Yeah, <laughs> one one nil. So you know, not not too bad. <laughs> All right, and then kind of closing the door on that one right there, and that's the U.S. Open Cup. Obviously, the winner of that matchup will play the winner of Minnesota versus Omaha. Uh, so that that's also going to be an interesting game because Omaha is the only team, the lowest, I guess, well, I guess, yeah, the lowest ranked team, I guess we can say, but they, they play in the USL League One, so they're not even in the USL Championship. So obviously, they're going to be looking for a miracle there. And then obviously they're they're like the the cinderella of the story or of the whole tournament as of right now and then after that we go to uh we go to salt lake on the weekend as well in salt lake right now they're in fourth place in the on the table uh i think they're they're actually a pretty strong team at home with four wins and one tie if i'm not mistaken if i'm reading this chart correctly um so you know Obviously, me personally, honestly, I don't know much about them. I know that last year, obviously, with Pablo Mastreoni, who was actually one of the candidates to become possibly uh, one of the the head coaches here. Obviously, when he went over there, he was an interim or he was an assistant coach. And then their coach got fired. He took on the job and he made RSL kind of explode. Basically, you know, he exploded his resources. And with the team that he had, you know, he made really good work out of that. And RSO, you know, has a pretty legit team. You know, they're not great, 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 but they're not terrible at all. You know, so obviously it's not, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously they're sitting in fourth place right now with 22 points. We are sitting in seventh with 18. So a win for us is going to obviously get us a lot closer to that fight up top, you know, in those top spots. Uh, so, you know, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Maybe we can start throwing out predictions on, on both SKC and, and this uh, this matchup against um, Real Salt Lake. Go ahead, Billy. 
Yeah, looking at their schedule, I mean, if you look at the results, they play a lot of close games, and they do get blown out in a few as well. So, I mean, I think their their overall placement in the league right now is a little inflated based on their numbers. Uh, 3.7 shots on target per match, that's good for 23 in the league. Big chances created with 20, that's 14th in the league. Big chances missed, 20, that's 6th in the league. Goals per match, 1.1, that's 22nd in the league. So, I feel like they've... They've definitely taken advantage of the schedule in some in some places, and they've got fairly lucky with their, I think it was 14 total goals on their 16.1 XG. So, I mean, I think they've they've definitely gotten a little bit fortunate in some points. I think it's a winnable game, and I uh, my prediction for that one is two one Dynamo. I think I think we take care of business there. What do you got? What you got? Um, yeah, no, I definitely think the Dynamo. This is going to be you know another tough away game. Um, I think on this one, watching how they played and the play re- or, you know, watching how Pablo has played recently, uh, you know, I'm actually buying into this whole hype train. I think we were definitely going to take some points on this one. Um, I want to predict the win. I hope for a win. Uh, a tie wouldn't be too bad um, against Real Salt Lake. And, um, but no, I-, I would say a win against Real Salt Lake, uh, this SKC one. I'll say a win as well. I hope it doesn't go to another 120 minutes or whatever. Uh, we've been playing recently against uh, the what's it? The Rio Grande went to 120, right? Or no? No, he no, scored no, the last. Uh, Junko scored at the end. Yeah, he scored. That's right. Yeah, I was thinking that was after, but no. But the San Antonio went to no. Actually, no. None of no, them. Not either. Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking they went to 120. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm looking at another. I don't know. Well, anyways, yeah. <laughs> let's hope we don't get there because um i think our players definitely need some rest and talking about rest we are after the Salt lake we'll be um i guess without a break yeah or without any matches until june 18th yep go ahead billy one more thing on real salt lake they uh they're 42.5 percent average on possession so it's going to be another team that allows us to have more of the ball than what we're kind of used to and I think that we do kind of do well with that. I think Nagamura will will have a game plan ready for that as well. And for my part, I'm actually going to go uh, a tie. I'm going to go uh, – I think it's going to be like a 2-2. I think we're going to be able to get out there. And, you know, if we're going to get that possession of the ball, I, I hope we'll, we'll be able to create. But I think, you know, them being at home and maybe feeling some pressure to to come back, they might be able to get, you know, something back. But then again, you know, I am very confident on on what Clark has done and what our defenders have done. Uh, but, you know, just to, I guess, I don't know, just to be fair on where they at and, you know, what they, well, I guess what they've done, even though, you know, like Billy said, some of the games they, they, they either are really, really close or they just get blown out of the water. So I think it's going to be one of those really, really close games uh, on this one. But you have something else, Billy? No, you good? No, you covered it. <laughs> oh, okay. So just give me a, a quick uh, score prediction, a score line for SKC game before we, we get out of here. If whoever wants to start, go ahead. Oh, uh, SKC, um, I think we can do at least 2-1. Hopefully it's not like those um, suffering 2-1 that we're like hoping for that last-minute goal kind of thing or coming back. But um, I think we'll probably be up 2-0, two, two and then um, they'll probably put one in. I'm going to say, actually, with our 
building chemistry that we've actually been playing really strong in the second half recently, actually. I think we're going to catch two in the first half. Like you said, they might pull one back, but I think we get another one in, in the second half. I'm going to go 3-1, actually. 3-1. Okay. And then I think I'm going to go with uh, Rodrigo, too. I think it's going to be another tight game, but we might have the edge on that one. Hopefully with, like I said, I don't know much about SKC, and hopefully you know they're not going too crazy over there on their lineups, but I think we have a pretty good strong lineup ourselves. And I believe that, you know, our guys are going to be, you know, if they go out there, have they been going out there, you know, and just with that fighting spirit, I think we might be able to pull off a two, one win. So it's going to be a tight game. Cause you know, it's one of those winner go home type things, but I think a two, one game is for sure. And also um, I don't know when exactly the window opens, but I think it opens what in June or June or July. Do you guys know? I think it's in June. Not, yeah. Well, sure. Whatever. But the point is that, you know, during the summer after that Real Salt Lake game, obviously we're going to go into that international break. Then we come back uh, and play Orlando at Orlando. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that's either June or July, the, the window opens. And that's when obviously we'll get Achiache. And then who knows? I want to say it's July. July 7th to the August 4th. Right. July 7th. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to wait to, you know, for. I think it's the Dallas game, maybe. Yeah, so we we're going to wait for those Dallas games. Yeah. But I'm not only looking forward to to Achacha, but I, I'm I'm also looking forward to see if, you know, Pat, you know, has something, you know, Pat and uh, Asher. Uh, Asher, right? Raise his name. It's, it's too close to Asher, Asher. Mendelssohn, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's too close to Ash Ketchum uh, <laughs> from Pokemon. But uh, it maybe I think they, they might have something under the sleeve and, and we might be able to get, you know, another – surprise i don't know i just i just feel it i don't have any sources so <laughs> it's just my gut uh but other than that do you want to go ahead and do the whole closing uh bit or do you want me to just yeah. do the yeah, social yeah, no. media yeah. You, you so, got it? Okay. yeah yes sir um so again you guys can uh get in touch with us on ig and twitter at dynamo theory um, you can also send us an email at dynamo theory podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, send your comments, questions. I think our boss man will read those. Um, <laughs> any suggestions as well? Um, Christian, you can reach him at uh, Chris Putalias. You can also find our main host, uh, Rudy, who's not here today, at uh, Rudy Segura 3. And you can find me at Rodrigo Segura 01. Billy. Um, I believe you can find him on Twitter at be someone 87. And for all the content, just simply go to a dynamo theory, um, connect with us, you know, look at it, all the breakfast links we have on there as well. Um, articles, lineups, anything dynamo uh, you'll find on there. And okay. again, guys, thank, thank you for listening. Uh, Houston Dynamo fans, you know, don't, forget to always hold it down and keep it forever orange.